As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Check the backseat. Check the backseat. Hi, come here. Check the backseat. Gets in your head, right? Good, because every year dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them, but with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly, so get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hey everyone, this is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Grown Up Stuff. Grown Up Stuff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. This is episode number 14, and I am your host, Ray Harkins. Hello, everybody. Thank you for hanging out and wanting to check out another episode of this show. It's uh, it's honestly really, really fun. I love getting everybody's feedback. I love the conversations I'm able to have with people. Um, yeah, and it's just a very satisfying thing. So, selfishly speaking... I enjoy this. Um, Anyways, we are part of the Punk News Podcast Network. Go to punknews.org for all of the cool stuff that's happening with bands. And there's also some not some cool stuff. Anytime crazy things happen, they also report on it. But um, yeah, you can stream new records. You can... There's a ton of stuff you can do on there. So check it out. And they also have a bunch of other podcasts that uh, you may enjoy if you enjoy this one. So yeah, check it out. And you can also find us on Twitter at 100 Words Podcast. And you can also find us on Facebook. Just type in 100 Words or Less, the podcast. Um, Or maybe even just 100 Words and you'd be able to find it. And you can also email the show. 100 words podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, keep those guest suggestions flying because uh, it's nice. I do have a long list of people, but it's nice to hear other people's perspectives and, uh, you know, maybe some people that aren't in the music industry. If there's someone that you know that's like, hey, they're really interesting, they do this, you should talk to them. Um, yeah. Because uh, I'm starting to uh, get some people who are in the sort of independent video game world um, that I'm I'm speaking to. So, anyways, we'll see what happens. But um, my guest this week is Tommy Rogers. He is the vocalist for the band Between the Buried and Me, and uh, more on that in a minute. But um, I wanted to talk about something that I had the amazing opportunity to experience recently. I got a chance to go to Gothenburg, Sweden. Um, it was super random, but it was for a focus group at Volvo headquarters, um, which that, again, sounds even more ridiculous. 
Um, so it was a free trip to Sweden, basically, and I obviously could not say no to that. And um, visiting that city was incredible. I mean, anytime you obviously travel internationally, it definitely broadens your horizons, whatever cliche you can put on it. But it was... Um, yeah, it was just a really cool experience. The city's beautiful. It's about a half a million people. Um, everything you've ever heard about Sweden as far as clean, beautiful, picturesque, all that stuff, 100% applies to Gothenburg. Um, I was particularly interested in going there based on the fact that, uh, you know, so many... There's a lot of music stuff that has happened there in the past, especially with, uh, you know, black metal and obviously the church burnings of the early 90s and um <clears throat> i know that it really impacted the city um at one point and um you know i just wanted to see if there's any remnants of that and see if uh, people in general were aware of that um and so yeah and what i did find out was that you know not many people pay attention to that anymore uh, or or are even aware of it um granted i only spoke to you know maybe four or five people um that were, you know, native Gothenburgians. I think I just made that word up. Um, but yeah, but they had didn't, I mean, they knew what metal was, but then once I started to talk about, they were like, oh yeah. Once they started to talk about the church burnings, they were like, oh yeah, I think I remember that. Um, but who knows? And I did see one shirt in some random alternative clothing store that said, uh, Gothenburg, oh, the world, headquarters or something like that of death metal. So I thought that was funny. Um, but yeah, if anybody is ever remotely interested in traveling to Gothenburg, Sweden, you should go because it's really beautiful. Um, it's definitely a slower pace of life. Uh, most retail stores don't open until like 11. Um, and then people usually wrap up work at about five. Um, it, during the summers, the sun hardly ever sets. It's down for maybe about five hours. Um, so yeah, it's just, it was awesome. And you should, anyone that hasn't traveled internationally, um, should try to, cause I know some of it is scary or, you know, culture shock type stuff. Um, and yeah, there's always that element, but it definitely just gives you a different perspective on either the way that you view that country you're visiting or the way that, our country, America, is viewed by the outside world. That's what I find the most particularly engaging and interesting. Because I had a few discussions with people um, when I was over in Sweden just about our election um, and just like how politically aware that people are of what's happening in America and the policies that get passed here in America and you know how that really just impacts everything globally. Um, you know, sometimes it's easy for us to forget that so much of what we do and politically speaking and policy making, um, you know, definitely has an effect on the world. And yeah, it just, it all kind of, you know, comes to focus when you speak to other people about it. And when you're like, oh yeah, like other people really do pay attention to what we're doing and, um, not from like a, uh, um, oh, I can't think of the word right now, but, uh, where your nation is the best, someone will point it out to me at some point. Um, but yeah, so it was really fun, really entertaining and, um, yeah, travel internationally. Anyways, um, Tommy Rogers from between the barrier to me, uh, taken my old band had the opportunity to tour with those guys. Um, I want to say it's 2001 or something like that. 
Um, and didn't know them at all before just had some previous knowledge based on the fact that, uh, like I saw them maybe the year before, uh, playing at Hellfest in, uh, upstate New York. And, uh, the fact that I knew some of the guys were in that band prayer for a cleansing. Um, and I, I had enjoyed what they did on a demo. So I was really interested in seeing how this would go. Cause, um, it was one of the first times that my band had ever toured with a band that like we didn't know at all before. Um, so that's always, uh, interesting when you start to do that and be paired with people. You're just like, I have no idea whether or not we'll get along. These dudes might suck. Who knows? But, um, they turned out to be incredible guys and, um, have had a relationship with them ever since. Um, and it's been great because watching between the Barry and me progress over their years as a band, um, it's been really satisfying because it's awesome to see friends be successful at something that they enjoy and obviously do it on their own terms. And between the Barry and me has done exactly that. Um, they're, I don't even know how many full lengths they're at now. Six, maybe it's crazy, but, um, you know, the band has existed for a long time and they show no signs of slowing down. So I had the opportunity to sit down with Tommy. He came over to my house. Um, and we kind of discussed a bunch of things, uh, his new child, um, obviously the band and kind of the way that he got into stuff. Um, but it was a really, really cool conversation. And, um, I was happy to talk with Tommy about stuff that isn't particularly their new record. Cause when they do press blitzes for their new records between the Barry and me does a million interviews. So those type of guys that, you know, they're not overexposed, but they really try to get out there and let people know what's happening with the band. So, uh, Tommy was glad to be speaking about something beyond just your typical, Oh yeah, this random question. What does this song mean? And, not to say that that's not enjoyable, but they do that a lot anyways. So anyways, uh, you're joining a conversation when we're talking about how awesome Larry David is and just kind of how, yeah, you can listen to it. Best. thank you for listening and hope you enjoy. I would legitimately talk to him because only if I see someone, I'll never talk to you know, I'm like, yeah. Right. But I think later, I would just be like, dude, I fucking love you, man. <laughs> you, you, you do that. He's yeah. like having dinner and you would go yeah. over to him and be like... Maybe dinner. I don't know. That might be a little push. <laughs> but yeah, I know he's probably... I love that dude, man. Yeah. And he's the type of person, too. Like, I, I kind of equate him to, like, a Woody Allen, where it's yeah. just, like, people either get what he does... Yeah. Or they, like, are just like, this guy's not even fucking funny. Yeah. Like, he doesn't make any sense so whatsoever. Scary. But, um... There's a, there's a Ricky Gervais... Larry um, David interview online. Uh-huh. That's it's like a it's like an hour long. It's, sure. So it's like them interviewing each other. That's, that's freaking. I can only imagine yeah. how incredible it is. Yeah, it's it's inspiring too because it's it's cool to hear like just kind of their take on their work ethic and you know, oh how, sure how they, you know tackle everything. It's cool. Totally. That's like I love. You can see people like you know like that comedian Louis C.K. as well, oh, where it's just like. People like that who fully devote themselves to, like, their craft, and you're just like, I mean, that's, like, next-level dedication. You know, there's people who are just like, yeah, I work hard, and you're just yeah. like, you don't really know what that means. Yeah. Like, you don't take it upon yourself to 
learn how to edit film. Yeah. Like all yeah, these his show, he just does, he does that all himself. And it's just crazy. Like he yeah. took less money so he could do it all himself. Like that's crazy. Totally, it's unheard of. Yeah. I know. It's just it's so cool to see people like that who are obviously it's like. Cause did the com- you hear about that? You know that thing he put out on his website? Yeah, dude. Do you hear how well that did? It was insane. I mean, it was like a million yeah, dollars within yeah. like 24 hours. Yeah. It was I mean, I bought it immediately. I did too, yeah. And it's like... <laughs> his statement, he was like... <laughs> oh, yeah. He was like, I made pretty much a shitload of money. I'm going to put some in charity and then yeah. a lot of money is going to go to my bad habits. Right. <laughs> yeah, I love I love how he broke that down. Here's, a, here's, a, here's an opportunity to have a conversation because yeah. it's like there's this... Stand-up comedian named Mark Marin does this podcast called WTF. And basically, he's like, he's, I, don't know, he's like I want to say he's like 47, 48. He's been in the stand-up comedy game for like 30 years. And mm-hmm. he just knows everybody. And he's one of those people where he can have a genuine conversation with a person like Pat Oswalt, David Cross. And like, you know, they actually like talk to him like a human as opposed to like, here is soundbite, here is soundbite. Because it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, I mean, you, you, obviously you've done 100 million thousand interviews. And it's just like, I don't even... I'm kind of a dick about it now. Well, I mean, you, ha- you do. Mean, you, you have to be. Like, this, our last few tours, I just, I'm just like, no, I'm not doing it. Right. Because, I mean, <laughs> what, yeah. What, what now kid- that I have a kid, I'm just going to use that excuse. Like, do I got a FaceTime? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, I, I don't, I don't care, like, what level you're at. There comes to a certain point where it's just like, you literally can't ask me anything that I haven't been asked before. Well, my pro- I hate interviews where you can literally go to a Wikipedia page <laughs> and you have the answers. That's my biggest, you know, it's like, go to, I mean, right. you don't need to know where we got our band name from. You know, it's right. like, you can find that out in one click if you really care. You right, know? right. If you know how to use the yeah, internet. Exactly. Yeah. No, I know. And that's why it's like, uh, it, this show just gives me the opportunity because it gives me the opportunity to sit down with people where it's just like, I've either known for years or like, have known their music for years and just be able to like, have just that sort of conversation cool. where it's just to be able to walk through like, you know, who they, not so much like, how was your new record, but like, you yeah. know, where, because and when you get those interviews, it's so it's nice, you know. Right. Like there's a guy you don't know Brian Shields. Do you know in San Francisco? Name sounds familiar, but yeah, he's like he's like obsessed with metal. Like yeah. He he works at a news station out there. And oh, okay. He, and he kind of does stuff like this on, sure. on the side, and yeah, he was one of the first interviews I did in the last couple of years. That I was like, holy shit, that was like enjoyable. You're like, yeah, this is this is kind of what they this should guy be. Knew, yeah, he like, and you know, he's like. A huge fan. He's he's been friends with us for years now. But yeah, right. It's it's a, a refreshing to get that every once. In a oh, time. totally. Yeah, you like yeah. You definitely need that to get. I mean, it's the same idea as like when you have toured a certain territory for oh, yeah. way too many times. You're just like, yeah, I need to go to Japan or Australia. Like, yeah. <laughs> I need I need to have a different experience besides exactly. playing. You know, same clubs. Right. Exactly. Um, and it's fun too because it's like even though I mean obviously you and I have known each other for years, mm-hmm. but then. And we have spent a lot more time than, you know, I mean, anytime you tour with a person, you get to know them pretty well. Yeah. But then there are certain things where it's just like, you know, like, where were you born? I have yeah. no, like, because yeah. th- it's like that, that takes that time where it's just like, all right, we're sitting down for like an hour and hanging out, having coffee or whatever. And yeah. just like, you know, it's that it, 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 there are very few times that that opportunity is afforded to people. Yeah. Especially like from. That, I always thought it would be a good idea. Because of the thing, there's so many so many questions like that that nobody know or nobody right. you know. That's why I, th- I always thought people should interview people's moms. Dude, <laughs> honestly, that well, Decibel does that. that really? man, yeah, they yeah. do. They have they've been doing that for like maybe a year or yeah, so. Yeah, such a good yeah. It's, because that's the answers you're you're gonna get all answers that nobody would ever you wouldn't get from me. Totally. If you asked my mom. Right, questions. right, like that. Yeah, it's just that 
that parental perspective where it's just yeah. like, yeah, they're totally able to provide. Because they something. don't see you as anything but no, your son or daughter. Yeah, exactly. right, right. They don't see you as anything else. Right. Yeah. So where? Because were you always born and raised in like North Carolina area? Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm recording this. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in. Uh, well, I was born in Morganton, North Carolina. Morganton. Yeah. Is it spelled like Morgantown, but yes. it's called Morganton? Okay. Yeah, yes. I, yeah, that's how I say it. That's how people in North Carolina. Say it. I, and that's totally fine. <laughs> that, that's part of your North North Carolina dialect. Yeah, but it's it's sort of near the mountains. It's where my grandparents live. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I never really lived there. But I grew up pretty much in Charlotte area. Got it. So you're born. Whoa. Oh, it's okay. My Harry Potter books are not the best. Mike stand. Just a tripod. <laughs> it's cute. It's awesome. Um, so, but that, so basically you were born there, but we're just immediately shuttled off to, uh, uh, Charlotte. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, a little town called Davidson actually. Oh, okay. Which is right outside of Charlotte. And so do you have that? I mean, cause obviously people from the South, Southern mm-hmm. pride, like that just kind of, yeah. I mean, I mean the thing, and then that Southern pride from like the redneck standpoint, but yeah. just like that, I, I think mainly, you know, I'm sure it was like this out here too. Like you grow up with music, obviously. Right. And, and, you know, back when we were really getting into music, it was way different than it is now. Right. And, and like, that small group, the group of people that were, were part of that is still so important to me that I, that's what I associate North Carolina with. Right. More than, like, the actual region. Right, right, right. You know, so when, so when it comes to pride, that's what I think of. It's got like, it, got it's it. like, growing up with, you know, the music and, and just how everything's come to this because of North Carolina. Sure. Know? And that's where the, the pride comes in. Got it, got it, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I know it's like, yeah, people just have that inherent sense of pride, obviously. Usually, I mean, yeah. usually wherever they're from, it's like they... Yeah, know. I mean, it definitely always will hold. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small, like, man, that parking space, it's always taken. And I wish that I would be able to like get it Instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like, the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Ray. Hey everyone, this is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. 
like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. We're back with season two of the podcast, which means more opportunities to glow up and become a more responsible and better adult one life lesson at a time. And let me just tell you, this show is just as much for us as it is for you. So let's figure this stuff out together. This season, we're going to talk about whether or not we're financially and emotionally ready for dog ownership. We're going to figure out the benefits of a high-yield savings account. And what exactly are the duties of being a member of the wedding party? All that, plus so much more. Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown Up Stuff. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. All right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the back seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. A place in my right. heart. <laughs> uh, in, my, in my big old southern heart. <laughs> the, uh, my first experience with you guys uh, was, I think, I want to say it was Hellfest 2000. Is that um, when Paul had dreadlocks? I'm fairly certain Paul did have dreadlocks. <laughs> that was... I, yeah, I, actually, I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain. I think he played with his shirt off, too. I think he did, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I didn't, uh, obviously, I didn't know any of you as individuals yet. Um, That's where we met Stephanie Marlowe. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that was the day. That was the day that they showed interest in us. Got it. Yeah, because I, I, I always found that like the, uh, I mean, Hellfest and those festivals to be so amazing, just because it was, it, you know, you still felt that sense of enthusiasm where it's like, oh, undiscovered bands, like bands that might not be, you know, I mean, you had your record on Life Force, but mm-hmm. or no, no, you didn't at the time. Though. You guys I'm trying to. Think. I think you. I think you just. Well, I, I think I remember um, Chris Logan from Goodfellow Records. Mm-hmm. He basically he was just like. Right. You need to listen to this band, Sweden Barry means like, you know, dudes are perfect cleansing, et cetera, et cetera. And he like, I I think I bought your guys' demo and then watched you guys play and was just like, wow, like this is, this is reminiscent of what's happening, what was happening in North Carolina, but just obviously it's, you know, sort of next level type stuff. And it just always, um, it always impressed me because, or just that first experience with you guys, because it's like, you all seem like such distinct individuals, like, you all came from the same place, but you're all so fucking different. Yeah. Like, and you could even, I could see that not even know you guys just be like, but yeah, it's like, you know, like Paul's dreadlocks and shirt off. Yeah. And it's like, you, you know, you've, you've always relatively looked like, you know, like a, a well, cut, yeah. right, well, well kept dude, yeah. so to speak. And then it was just always funny to see those juxtaposition of images because some bands are just like, no, like we have to look uniform mm-hmm. or whatever. And like that obviously kind of, reflected in the music as well like that was always kind of our thing yeah is we didn't want to we are individuals you know and we always wanted to kind of do our own things individually and and with writing too you know right that that plays plays a big role in our writing right we all have kind of our own little niche so to speak yeah exactly and it and we're not we never look down on each other when we try to do something new Right, right. And that's always, we've always had that mindset since since even back then. Sure. It's a little more extreme now. But right, right, right. 
Yeah, you've yeah. been you've been able to expand your musical palette. Yeah, yeah now now we just are losing our mind. <laughs> now we're just like we're bored. What else can we possibly throw against the wall that can stick in some way, shape, or form? Um, so, like, what was your uh, you know like your upbringing? Like, how did you um, you know? I guess like where did you first get introduced to independent music, and kind of how was your? Well, I've I've always really I don't I'm trying to think what like really turned me on. Mm-hmm. I know when I was very, very, very young, you know, my dad's always listened to, he always listened to classic rock. And, oh, okay. You know, I always kind of just had that playing in my head. And, right. You know, I used to, there was this place we used to go swimming when I was a kid, and I would go out on the floating dock and sing Born in USA as loud as I could, you know. <laughs> That's you impressive. Know, so, you know, stuff like that, you know. I was, I was a, a always a born performer right yeah, now. I was, I was always attracted to, you know, music. And, uh-huh. and then at a very young age, like seven or eight, I mm-hmm. started getting into like Molly Crew and okay. you know, the eighties metal. Sure. And that was like my life, you know. How did how did you stumble across that? I was just like That's TV. what I'm trying to think of. Yeah. I can't I can't Cause that's I, pretty... I think maybe my sister okay. listened to some of it. How old was how old was your sister relative to you? Um a few years older than me. Got so it. Yeah, I I can't even think how I really stumbled on. I just remember like buying or having the tapes and just being blown right. away and my mom freaking out because there was pentagrams on them. Well know? of course. And um she, the the best thing was my mom. Once my sister and I were really into this music, she mm-hmm. rather than pushing us away from it, she was like, she joined pretty much, and she really? would take us to the shows, and she would, you know, basically be a part of it with us. So it wasn't, so she could see that everything was okay. I right. guess you know, and she enjoyed a lot of it too. And um, you know, at my first show was. Bon Jovi and Skid Row when I was in 88. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> and the crazy thing about that is the drummer of Cephalic Carnage was actually at that exact same show <laughs> because we somehow we were talking about our, you know, old shows. Right, right. On tour once. And, and I was like, yeah, I saw some of them in 88. And he was like, in Charlotte? I was like, yeah. And he was like, dude, yeah. I was at that show. I mean, he was, you know, he was he's older than me, but he was still young. Right, right. He's probably in his teens. I was like, that's whole, like why are we, we're yeah. both there and then we're both on tour together. Yeah, it's so it's weird. Crazy. But yeah, so eighties metal was what it, what initially life. what initially attracted you about that was it just like the sort of abrasiveness of it all, and was it just kinda, I guess so, yeah. yeah. And um, there, we used to go to the mountains every year, and there was this um, this guy Chris Brady that my mom was friends with, and he was in a band called The Beast. Nice and. Um, and that really, that kind of, they really segued me into like the Pantera, oh, okay. Slayer, that kind of world. Sure. Because they were a little heavier and, you know. Did you like go see them play? I did, like yeah. Well, we would, mail, they, they would hardly play, they'd play like little little clubs and um, sure. we'd go to their practice space because my mom knew how much I enjoyed just kind of being around Being music. around all that, you know. Yeah. And we would always go do that and I became really good friends with them, you know, as as good a friend as a little kid can be. Well, yeah, right. You know, you're like, hey, you're, you, we'll allow you. Yeah. Here. You're not. Annoying. I mean, I thought they were my best friends in the world. Well, of course, yeah, you yeah. Know, it was the greatest thing ever, you know. But it was such. I, I was, I was very, I was already kind of watching the life at an early age, right? Which was awesome. And the weird, the weirdest thing about that whole situation is, I would see them constantly drinking and smoking, and right, and I never wanted to do it right which was weird because these are like my idols well of course and these are these are the guys that got me into 
basically, you know, the be- one of the best things in my life. And sure, you know, I didn't for some reason that I think the music just overtook everything that that didn't even cross my mind. That right, that, that was cool. That was yeah. That was like I was like, okay, they're doing that, but I just their music rules. Right, know? right. I want to listen to the music was the, like I the, listen to Cowboys from Hell. Right, <laughs> the music was like the trump card where everything else just like totally yeah. fell by the wayside. Because yeah. I still think about it. Because you know, obviously, you know, I don't, you know, I don't do drugs or anything, and it's in it. It's just weird that that never made me want to. Yeah. Do well, espe- yeah, especially because I mean, during that, during those ages, like I mean, you're even. I was probably eleven or twelve. Yeah, and you're even more impressionable, I think, at that age. Oh, yeah. Than you know, because like when you get to the thirteen or fourteen, eight, you know, year olds, like you're you feel like you're able to make some sort of decisions on your own, yeah. but like that age, you're just kind of like you know, you're a sponge. You're oh, soaking yeah. up everything. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. Yeah. That's, I guess it was just. What was it? Did your uh, did your dad understand it at all? My yeah, he, he um, I, my parents are divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived with my mom mainly. When did your parents separate? Uh, or like, how old were you? God, I'm so bad. That's okay. Yeah. I was young. Yeah, you, you were. <laughs> let's see, you were under ten. Like you, you really don't have think very much so. memory about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't much besides just you know we had to talk and right, and we were like, all right. Okay. Yeah. Right, right. We still saw, I still saw that all the time. Right. Like he was still present in your yeah, life yeah, and it wasn't, yeah. Yeah. So it, it wasn't, I don't know, for me it wasn't that huge a big deal, I guess. Right. I, I think that, honestly, I think that's indicative of our, I mean, obviously divorce is so pervasive. I mean, oh, like yeah. my parents were divorced when I was, I think, yeah, I was like three or four. I mean, mine was a little more volatile because my dad was, you know, totally fooling around my mom for, you know, many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, but... But, you know, he still, like, your father was present in your life, and he was still around, because obviously, like, you know, I think, I always equate it to this, where it's just, like, as long, like, if parents aren't able to make it work out from that perspective, like, realistically, as long as there's love from both sides, and there's no, like, weird sort of, like, uh, you know, like, using the kids against, you know, one parent. uh, Yeah, talking shit about the other parents of the kid. Totally, totally. You know, they never really... Uh, even if they wanted to, that never happened. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was the back of the like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we, don't, we don't use Tommy in this. Yeah. Um, that's, that's definitely true. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think as long as there's love there, then it's just like, you know, you're able to still exist and obviously be like a well-adjusted human and yeah, definitely. not have this like, you know, vacancy in your life where it's like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't even know what a father is. Yeah. Because that, that's obviously what it, what it sucks. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so you're into, you know, 10, 11 years old, uh, started getting into Pantera, and, you know, that world kind of opened up. Um, so then, obviously, like, you know, entering high school, is that kind of when you started to become more introduced to it was, independent-ish music? Yeah, it was probably, yeah, junior high, high school. Mm-hmm. You know, I went from, you know, the straight metal to, you know, I heard bands like Earth Crisis. And, sure. You know, Day of Suffering, obviously, in North Carolina. Right. You know, bands that were kind of mixing metal with, you mm-hmm. know, hardcore. Sure. And by this, like by this time, did you start to develop friends, like you know, going to junior high that were kind of like into your type yeah, of stuff? Yeah, okay. yeah, Because I grew up playing music with some guys that eventually became from here on. Got it. Um, my old band, right? And um, so yeah, we 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 were always kind of like trying to find new music, you know, right, just right. like I am today, you know. Sure. And um, you know, there was bands like you know, like I said, Earth Crisis, and and then I. I slowly started to get into actual hardcore, you know, sick of it all. And, right. And I was really into New York hardcore. Sure. And Madball. And, of course. You know, all that stuff. And, you know, it just kind of, it went from like straight metal to hardcore sort of metal. And yeah. then I was like, 
hardcore only. Right, and right. I, and then I kind of my mind exploded and sure. I was like, I want to hear everything. Right, right. Well, yeah, you you have to have those allegiances. Yeah. Like, because people have so many different, well, there's not so many different gateways, but it's just like, you know, you were either kind of like a, you know, like myself, it's like I got into, you know, especially being from the West Coast, where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, Fat Records and Epitaph. Yeah, like, exactly. that was my gateway. It's yeah. like other people's gateway. It's like, you know, it's metal. And it's mm-hmm. like, people have similar stories with that, but then they do have those definitive, like, the line it's is drawn in the how, sand. How, where you live a lot of times determines it. Totally. Because I, I don't think I've met a person out here that isn't like, yeah. that didn't follow that route. You know? Totally. Like, it's always the penny what, you know. The, yeah. It was just such West Coast kind of totally just because it was so pervasive. Yeah. Or it's just like you know you wouldn't you know a band like Day of Suffering would uh, no one would have known about that band. I mean, obviously it's like you know once they broke up, people started to care about them. Yeah. Like, but you know that existing out here on the West Coast, it's like you know that would have never spread out here if it wasn't for you know and it, it was a small world then too. Right. You totally. didn't have the internet. You didn't have you know how are you gonna find out tour? about them? Yeah, no. they played maybe three shows, four shows. You know? <laughs> right. 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 So, so then as, so yeah, as you were, and was your high school experience like, you know, what, what sort of allegiance did you, did you play sports? You know, where did you kind of line yourself up I was with a, there? I was a soccer guy. Okay. Um, I've always, I played soccer most of my life. Um, but mainly. Did you have mainly as, aspirations to be a, uh, no, yeah. no, yes. I, I, I quit, um, my second year of high school. Mm-hmm. It was too competitive to, um, Testosterone filled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shitty rich white kids. Yeah. It drove me crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For I, sure. I, hated it. I felt really out of place. And uh, during, I mean, the whole time I, I was obsessed with playing music. And at that point, I was starting to write what I thought was good. Was your <laughs> You're like, what I thought was good at the time. Because I started writing music pretty early. Probably, um, I don't know. Maybe 14 or 15, me and this guy, Rob Johnson, who's the drummer from here on. Uh-huh. Um, me and him played together. We didn't, it was just us two for years. Just really? Kinda, just kicking you know, around. I had a guitar and he had a drum, a drum set. And, you know, it, we we was, played covers, you know, whatever right. bands we were into. And then we started to slowly write these, you know, really bad metal songs. Right. You know, I mean, the first song I wrote was actually called War Games. Oh, nice. Yeah. A little nod to the movie, I presume. Or was no, that just... No, no. I just... <laughs> not at all. <laughs> That's incredible. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't I know the movie. I just War Games. Yeah, yeah. yeah just, that make, it sounded metal. Of course. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like it could have been a Megadeth song at some point. Yeah, there was, there was a really, really bad solo quotations around that. Um, <laughs> Some notes put together. Yeah, it was very trying to be Megadeth. Yeah. yeah. So, with but, the, so guitar was your first instrument? Yeah. Yeah. And like, did your parents buy that for you and everything? Yeah, it was actually through that band, The Beats. Oh, nice. Their, their guitarist, um, he hooked hooked my mom up with the guitar, and he kind of showed me how to play a few things, and that was kind of it. Like your in, informal te- your informal yeah. teacher in a way? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, he would show me some Molly Crew riffs. And That's awesome. Cool. That's, cool. That's so cool that like you ha- actually had, because usually people just have that, you know, the idea of a band is so far off in their heads, mm-hmm. but it's like you had a band that was like literally right in front of you. That yeah. was like... Like, I can see how this exists. Yeah. I can see you, like, put stuff together. Like, did they do covers? Did they write original stuff? They too? were original. Yeah, so you, you saw... It was, it was the total, like... You know, they, there was five dudes living in one house with bunk beds. You know, like, amazing, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, like, I thought they were, like, huge. You know? <laughs> that was the biggest, you know? Right. It was, it you, guys play, you guys play out? Like, that's <laughs> incredible. Yeah, so... And so, um, so yeah, you were so uh, your first official band. Like, was it, I mean, do you reference that as from here on, or did you have something? Well, that? Rob and I, we um, 
Because I'm sorry, but I'm not going to allow from here on to be an appropriate response because from here on is actually a good band name. And they usually people have their first band names that are obviously well, yeah, atrocious. It's, it's, don't worry. You're going you're gonna to Thank God. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm so glad. Because I was just because if you, if you were just like, yeah, I walk in the world and uh, I created from here on, you're just like, that's a good band name, dude. Come on. Anyways, <laughs> go on. Well... We have lots of names. Good. Lots of bad names. I don't need to say all of them. But the the one that stuck was Soul Integrity. That was that was our band name. That's the, I, Which, that's I mean that's pretty metal. Yeah. It, I got it from a Life of Agony song. Okay, there we go. Um but yeah. So that that was our first band. It was Rob and I and and um God, we went through so many lineup changes. But you know, And you we guys you guys played shows and everything like that? Yeah, we, yeah, 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 we played shows, you know, we it started off, we played some shows with the Beast, um, and then we kind of slowly started... We oh, met. wow. So, oh, they were still playing. But they were still playing, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. You're like, hey, can we play? Yeah, I think we played one or two shows with them, <laughs> which it, which was so awesome for me. You know? and I'm sure it was really amazing for those dudes who obviously had a close relationship with you to like, yeah. see... Like, oh. And now, I mean, the, the drummer that was really good friends with my mom, that we, we still keep in touch with him. That's so you cool. Know, he lives in Pennsylvania, has a family. And yeah, everything. yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. That's crazy. Yeah, that direct. Yeah, <clears throat> that they're able to see the uh, fruits of their indirect labor. Yeah. it's like, oh, there's, there's there's little Tommy up there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so soul integrity. We we were all in Davidson, and um, there's a bunch of dudes actually down in Charlotte, which is 20 minutes from us. Sure. Um, the prayer, you know, the prayer for cleansing guys. Okay. Dave, Anton, Paul, which is right. You know, Paul from Newberry. Yep. And I I met up with those dudes, you know, and. Just like through shows and everything. Just yeah, just, like, yeah just, I mean, obviously, you know, shows. Are, it's a small yeah, circle where you're thirty people at every show. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, so I don't you know, know you, them, right? Yeah, What's exactly. your name? Yeah, yeah. You, know, you have a cool basketball jersey on. <laughs> 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 Sick basketball jersey. Where'd you get that? Football. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say that. <laughs> but um, so yeah, we met. You know, I kind of became friends with those dudes, and, and Dave, the singer of Perfect Cleansing, he would do shows. So he would get us on some shows. We played. You know, turmoil, torn apart. You know, sure. And we slowly started to get shows, and um, it kind of just built from there. You know, we obviously did demos. Mm-hmm. You know, like bands used to do back then. Of course, know, so did, a little boombox, right? You know, a four track or whatever. It totally sounded, it sounded like hell. You go to Kinko's and print it all yourself. I like. I also remember the uh, like. I remember you know a lot of churches used to have like tapes of their sermons or whatever, mm-hmm. and then like you would tape over the top of it or whatever, oh, yeah. and, you and you'd be able to like re-record yeah. over it. Yeah, yeah, I was just like, once someone told me that, I was just like, this is brilliant. Like free. I know everybody should be doing this. Like. <laughs> but, it was just, but it didn't really trigger in your head where it's just like, oh, the quality is atrocious. Yeah, <laughs> it exactly. sounds terrible. Uh, yeah. But you didn't care about that. <laughs> so, yeah, we we just kind of did that. Um, and this was still Soul Integrity? Soul Integrity. And then, like, the beginning of high school, we started to get a little more serious. Mm-hmm. Changed our name from here on. Um, got another singer. We had two singers. Mm-hmm. And um, we started working on an actual record found um tri- tribunal, tribunal. Yeah. right mm-hmm. they put out our first record right i think they put it out they put it out act they re-released it i remember they that put it out after we broke up right because we recorded we broke up pretty soon after we recorded it was one of those things we were all you know it was you know by the time we were done with the or at the end of the band it was you know senior year high school sure and everybody's so kind of moved on past, yeah know? yeah you know, certain certain dudes didn't you know, me, I was always just like, music, 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 I want to tour, I want, you know, this is all I want to do. Right. <clears throat> the rest of the guys weren't like that, which is fine. Um, 
so we kind of went our separate ways. And then, you know, I was still obviously well connected with everybody in Charlotte and right. started playing with, I guess that the first thing I did was maybe I played guitar with Prayer for Cleansing uh-huh. when they needed a guitarist. Sure. Yeah, you kind of just, I mean, you I, kind was, of, I was kind of around, I was like... You like sort of filled in for them when they yeah, needed you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I filled in a little bit, then I played drums for Undyme for a little bit. Right. I was just like a, I just kind of went everywhere. Well, because I, I, it's one of those things where it's like, <clears throat> because you have musical prowess, they're just like, oh yeah, like Tommy can fill in for this. Tommy <laughs> can do this. Like, he can probably play drums for this. And I mean, because it's like, when you do... There are totally people within each, like, you know, region, like, you know, whatever, Orange County, North Carolina, whatever, right. where it's, like, once they do, you know, show that they're capable of, like, you know, like, because good drummers are impossible to find. Yeah. So it's like once and I'm have, not a good drummer, by right. the way. <laughs> That's why I didn't last week. <laughs> <laughs> like, th- thanks for help, dude. Um, but, yeah, like, once you find a person who's, like, you know, legitimate and is just, like yourself, who's like, yeah, I just want to play. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, yeah, how about you fill yeah. in? And, and it's, it's such a small world. You know? yeah. It's so different than now, you know? Right. You know, there's there's three or four bands in, in one city, and that's it. And, you know, everybody is involved with each other. Right. And there's that. So if somebody leaves a band or somebody can't do something, there's somebody that can be like, yeah, I'll step up to the plate. Right. You know, and that's kind of how, how it always was. And that's how it was for years, even when Perfect Cleansing was more successful. You know, Jimmy from Undying played, right. you know, guitar from Prayer a lot and bass. You know, we were just... I played bass for Undying for a little bit. You know? <laughs> right, it was, right. It was everywhere. And, and it, it, was cool. is, it was always funny, too, because I always felt like, you know, I, I don't think that, that bands have a, a... Bands, in my opinion, are more competitive these days. And not competitive oh, in, definitely. like, a negative sense, but they're just, like... Like you said, that sort of, like, communal yeah. vibe of what it was back then. Because, like you said, there was a much smaller pool. Well, there's money involved now. That's true. That's the problem. Back then, there was never a point where you thought you would make money. No. Ever. Right. That never even crossed my mind that there was even a way to make money. Right, right. Because none of us ever saw it. We, you know, <laughs> we played shows. We didn't... Right. We didn't think to get paid. We just were playing a show with Turmoil. That's, yeah. you know, Why would this I... record I was doing every day, I'm getting to play with this band. No, yeah, yeah. Why would I say no to that? Exactly. Right. So it's like, when you don't have the, the factor of money, you don't care about... Right, you know, being in competition because there's nothing to compete. Yeah, you know, you're just you're just friends. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, jam together, and I, that's what was always cool with North Carolina is like you have all these different bands. I mean, you even have like Code Seven. Yeah, you know these bands that were, were we were all very different from each other. Right. I mean, even Prayer and I Dying, we were probably more similar than right. a lot of other bands, but we had very distinct sounds, I think, from each other. And, mm-hmm. And I always thought that was really cool about North Carolina was how different all the bands sounded. Right. And it wasn't like, okay, one band was successful because there was no such thing as being successful. <laughs> right, right. And then, you know, all these... Uh, second, third, yeah. yeah second, that's how third it is now. There's one big band in the city and there's a million bands that are like, oh, we want to do what they're doing right. because they're making money. Right. You know, Let's go to awesome. Guitar Center, get exactly. their pedals and... Exactly. Right. Try to mimic that in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, so like with I mean with high school were you just to, like you know did you just kind of float through it were you just like yeah I mean I don't know I hate I hate school right well obviously I, mean, I, it I, wasn't, like, I wasn't one of the, one of those like you know I was a, I was always a very good kid you know I never really I never did anything but music it's, it's right. weird you know I never experimented with drugs you know I never did sure. anything it was always just I had my focus and 
Yeah, high school, you know, I, I did decent. You know, I, Right, I did, enough to get through. Yeah, I, I never was like, oh, I want to go to college, I want to do this. I, you know, I always knew I wanted to play music. Right. And, um, You're like, I just need to figure out a way in order to cool. So high school was just me, you know, just hanging out. Right, right. Xing up every day. And, uh, did you, did you, <laughs> did you accept the school? I did, yes. I, I am not ashamed to admit that I did as I well. I think most people that were, you I, know, involved in the straight movement back then did that I, you know, I, in high school. I ha- honestly, you were the first person I've had a conversation with because I've mentioned this to other people, and they're like, "Oh no, I never accepted school." I, I mean, pretty much everybody I knew did. That's amazing. Yeah. I should have been in North Carolina. <laughs> I, but did, well, did, qu- most important question: Did you X up both hands? Yeah. See, I this was my tell me. I just your fifteen year old brain works this way, where I you know I'd X up for shows with both hands, but school you know I needed to be a little more like uh, respectable, so I just X up one so hand. Yeah, okay. Right, so it was just like, you know, it, it wasn't as like, uh, yeah, as uh, up front. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's like, are you fucking kidding? You have an X on your hand, you're going to school. Like, <laughs> it's all fit. Totally. And it's like, you know, I, I went to a small enough high school where it's just like, it wasn't this like huge influx of new people like mm-hmm. every year. And it's like, no, like, Ray, we know you're straight edge. Yeah. Like, we get it. Yeah. You don't need to wear an X every day. Yeah. But that, well, that, that was, I mean. That's just what you did. <laughs> it, it was. And, you know, I was, you know, high school for me, looking back, uh-huh. I was, I mean, I was very close minded back then. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, even you know, because that that stuff kind of, in, in a way, just can control me in some weird way. Yeah, you know, well, I, 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 you I, know my my only friends were people that had the same beliefs as me, and right, you know, it. I mean, every kid has to go through that, mm-hmm. so it's not like I regret anything, right? You know, right, just, you know, it's part of it, right. So, yeah, you're but, able to look back and be like, oh, I was a little foolish that I yeah, yeah. opened my eyes to this sort of thing yeah. or whatever. And, I mean, it was like that with music, like I said before, you know. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't heavy, right. I was not going to listen to it. It's terrible, right. Even if it was a heavy band, they had like a clean song, I'm like, fuck out of here. I am, this, is, this is going in a used bin immediately. <laughs> God. <laughs> <Aren't> you singing? <laughs> That's incredible. Um, and then my bag came up. Right. And you're like, it's uh, cool. This, uh, th- this is my transition. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, with the idea, not, something I always noticed about North Carolina as well, where uh, it was always obviously you know so steeped in politics, where it's just like yeah, it was. E- even if a band you know like a band like Prayer for Cleansing wasn't you know they they weren't as overtly public about their politics as you know Undying yeah. was, um, but they still you know they still had a political edge to it in some way, shape, or form. Um, Vegan straight edge metal. Right, and I like, and I just found that so interesting. Like, I mean, even a band like Code Seven, who it's like, you know, they had their own politics that they were moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like that—that that obviously didn't happen in other areas. Like, you'd have, you know, your whatever, maybe two or three bands that are, you know, quote unquote, saying something. But it's yeah. like it seems like everybody in North Carolina kind of did that for that time. Yeah, and was I mean, do you, uh, what do you attribute that to? I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I, I mean, it was it was there before I was there. Right I mean, before I was in that world. Because sure. I, I, that's how I got into, you know, veganism and, and straight edge and all that was through shows. You know, mm-hmm. I, I remember going to shows and you know back then there's pamphlets and, right. and all the tables, stuff. yeah, tables and, <laughs> and you know you you just like anything if you really look into it you get influenced by it. Of know? course, and, yeah, and, and it really. And then there was bands like Earth Crisis, and I associated like how awesome their music was to this belief. Like, yeah. Oh, this is awesome. You yeah. Know? This combines yeah, two yeah. things I love. Yeah, exactly. So right. That's it. That really turned me onto it. Right. Yeah, I just always found that really interesting. Yeah. Um, something that I've always found interesting about you as well, like once, uh, you know, because I think we we I think we toured together in two thousand two, two thousand three, yeah, maybe yeah. either one of those years. Um, 
And so it was funny because it was like, you guys are definitely one of the first bands that we didn't know prior to going into a tour with. Mm-hmm. Um, so any, anytime you have that, even because back then it was even like more, like you said, it was a smaller scene. So yeah. you're just kind of like, oh, I'd never run across these guys. Like, they could be dicks. Because like, <laughs> yeah, you always had, you just well, had that. still happen. I mean, every tour, you're like... I know. You're like, I don't know. And you're going to know within two days. You know? Right, right, right. And so I just... It's either going to be a really long tour or awesome <laughs> This is either going to be like eight weeks or two weeks. Yeah. Um, but I just... It, 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 it struck me. It's like, you know, you guys were, uh, you know, very serious in your presentation of music. You know, mm-hmm. where it's just like... Even playing places like, you know, the Showcase Theater out here where it's just like... You know, they're legitimate venues, yeah. but like, you know, you were taking yourself where it's like, we're, we're putting ourselves, our best foot forward, so to speak. But then, you know, you guys were total, you know, goofballs, like, yeah. you know, yeah. you were real humans off the stage. Yeah. Um, and so I, I always found that dichotomy so interesting where it was like, you know, we are fucking serious about the way that we play our music. And then obviously you step off stage and you're just like, hey, what's up? Yeah. And it was like, I just, I found that really interesting. And like you guys, yeah, I'm sure that was just like intentionally deliberate where you're just like, we want to be as skilled as we possibly can at our instruments and in sort of crafting this material that we're coming up with, with between the buried and me. Mm-hmm. Like, do, I mean, was that, that was what that was the intention? Yeah. I, I, the, the main thing was we were, we were bored with what we were listening to. Sure. And we wanted to just try to incorporate some new things. Right. You know, as simple as that. Sure. And it wasn't always about like being more technical. Mm-hmm. It, it it's always that's always just kind of what's naturally come from us, right? What you you're know? predisposed I mean, to. Paul, like when it, you know him and our old drummer Will, they wrote most of that perfect cleansing stuff. Yeah, right. Stuff's not it's not simple music. <laughs> no, you know. So Paul, especially, he's always had a you know a knack for you know technical music, I guess. Right, and, right. And then when I, when I started writing, you know, we had this cool dynamic that that made made it a little more unique working together and right um and it just kind of went from there and then the more people we had writing i mean like now it's like we, we have so many different right. minds working together and we all have well yeah you, you have know, a, you have you have a lot of a lot of influences you know now we're like old men so right <laughs> <laughs> right exactly because i mean well and obviously at this point now you're also uh comfortable with one another where yeah. you know how to suss out what will make the most sense for a song? Oh, definitely. I mean, comfort is so important. Mm-hmm. Not just writing, but I mean, as you know, being in a band, yeah, it's not just you know, it's relationships. Totally. You have four, four or three, yeah, like additional people that you have a very intimate relationship, yeah. even though you're not, you know, and if you're sex. not getting along, <laughs> it's going to affect you know your tours. It's going to affect your on stage playing. It's going to affect your writing. Right. You know, so being comfortable on all sides is, is really important. And we're very lucky to all really get along. We yeah. really like each other. And right. I mean, even like our manager, like he'll come on the road with us and he's just, just like, I can't believe how well, you, like you yeah. guys talk with each other. Right. You, know, band, you know, we all know a lot of bands have been around for 10 plus years. You right. Know, a lot of these bands, they don't even hardly speak to each other. No. Just because they, they've, because they, they've, they've been there, done that. You know, right. They're, you know, they have like different worlds. They're, yeah. But with like, us, I mean, we're still really good friends. You know, we still enjoy the beer. I mean, we have little things here and there, but you of know, course, yeah. But we, I mean, we love each other, it's right? Awesome. Yeah, because it's like you've you've realistically only had like you know one larger lineup shift, and that's not like that. Yeah, and that was such a long. I mean, that was yeah, two thousand five, yeah, or something like mm-hmm. that. 
So yeah, and ever since then, it's just been building and building and building. You right. Know, more, it's just like a, a relationship with, with a girl. You know, it's just like you build it and build it and build it till it's organized. You know, and right, it, right. And it's just, you make the best of it. And it Hey everyone, this is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. We're back with season two of the podcast, which means more opportunities to glow up and become a more responsible and better adult, one life lesson at a time. And let me just tell you, this show is just as much for us as it is for you. So let's figure this stuff out together. This season, we're going to talk about whether or not we're financially and emotionally ready for dog ownership. We're going to figure out the benefits of a high-yield savings account. And what exactly are the duties of being a member of the wedding party? All that, plus so much more. Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown Up Stuff. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, but when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning. We also talk to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like. Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL. Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app. Either works or doesn't. Right. For, for us, luckily, really works. No, totally. Oh, that's nice. I appreciate this. This lawnmower guy. <laughs> Shut this window. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously, as you guys started to, um, like, when did you feel the switch in your band where it was, like, for me personally, like, honestly, when we toured with you guys, you know, that was, like, that was what right. What was that? That was right before Silent Circus. Okay. It was, like, maybe, like, four or five months before that. Was, was Will in the band? No, Will Mark. was not in the band. Mark. Okay. Mark was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so like for me, it was like, you know, we were, we were excited to cheer with you guys because obviously it's like, you know, brought different crowd and everything, but then, um, you really did feel this like groundswell of anticipation for that record. Like if in my mind, I don't know if there's a market point where it's like, you felt like a sort of, you know, ball started to get pushed down the hill, so to speak, where it was just like, Oh wow. Like things are clicking from, you know, that perspective, even though you were, like you said, going through lineup changes during that yeah. time as well. But when did you feel that sort of switch flipped? Um, I don't know. I mean, cause I know, and it's strange with you guys because you've hit so many plateaus where it's like, where do you go? Like, and then you guys break through that barrier of like, okay, like now we obviously appeal to people that are into progressive metal. Whereas, you know, it would just, it's been such a, a, I hate to say slow, but it has, it's been a, sl- a slow, steady pace, which is good. Yeah. It's, it's always up, which, you know, I can't complain at all. Right. But I, it was to the point, it never happened so fast. It's like, oh, my God. Now, I, I can't even comprehend so this. It was, right. it was all slow enough that it, it was so gradual that I didn't really, I didn't really notice it. Uh-huh. 
I hope that doesn't make it sound shitty, but no, no, no. Um, I guess Solid Circus after that record came out, or when we were recording that record, because we're in like this nice studio, and you know, I started to kind of feel sort of like it was kind of a real thing, right? And then, and then the point where we, I think it was during Solid Circus mm-hmm. when we quit our day jobs. Um, that makes it pretty real. That made yeah. it, that made it like. Okay, we're doing this. Cool. What do I write my custom form for job? Yeah. Position? Like, yeah. Okay, I guess because, that's... Because of the self-titled, you know, we were, you know, obviously all... I mean, even recording that record, I remember recording all night and then working the next morning right. an hour away. You know? Of course. So, you know, Silent Circus, that's when we started to actually make enough money to, you know, barely get by, obviously. Right, to sustain yourself. North Carolina, which right. is a lot different than a lot of places, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, I guess that... I hate I hate to put it in the perspective of money, but yeah, that that was when I was like, oh, this is I guess real cool. Right. I've now yeah I've now shift my professions. What uh what what crappy jobs were you guys doing during that time? Um, I was building mattresses. Oh wow. Yeah. That's random. I can build the hell out of <laughs> You could. <laughs> but I mean, build it, build like you build it like the actual like wood frame and like the uh, springs and everything. Yeah, or? you you would have. They're basically different components. The mattress, you put it all together. Okay. Just do a lot of crazy stapling. Wow. And then there's another guy that sews, you know. Sure, sure. So it's like a, cool. an assembly line issue Pretty in a way? Much, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I did that. I worked at a coffee center. I, sure. I was a courier for, for a law firm. Okay. For a while. Um, Jobs where you could, like, obviously pick up and kind of come yeah, back in a way. Yeah, the, the courier job was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm still really good friends with my boss um, then and... Yeah, he, they were always really rad about touring. That's awesome. Because we tour, we didn't tour like full tours back then. It'd right. It'd be like, oh, we'll do some weekend shows or we'll do a week on right. the East Coast. Or, right. Because it was a while until we got out of here. I can't even remember. Well, I think... Paul's the guy that talked about that. I have the worst memory. Yeah. <laughs> it all just kind of blends into one collective yeah, yeah. between the buried and the experience. <laughs> yeah, people that know I'm notorious. I, just, I don't remember. It's, it's all... Right. It's, <laughs> it's all jumbled. Yeah. Um, and so then, yeah, obviously, as you started to continue, like, I referenced this a little bit earlier where it was, it really always has impressed me with you guys where it's just like, you know, like you said, it's been a slow, steady growth, but, you know, the growth eventually stops and you reach a plateau yeah. and then hopefully you stay at that plateau long enough to before the drop-off kind of occurs. Yeah. But every plateau that I thought you guys have kind of hit from either whatever, you know, sales perspective, you know, people coming to shows and that type of stuff, you've been able to kind of like break through that proverbial barrier um, just in due in part to the fact that you guys, you know, are writing, um, you know, more adventuresome music and you're willing to put yourselves out there to be like, people are going to fucking hate this record or they're going to totally get on board with it. That's where we are right now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, because they're like, what do you do at this point? Yeah. I mean, because you guys have done. Yeah. I mean, a lot. That's always, I, I think, I mean, the key I think the most important thing for us is to write what naturally yeah. happens. And that that's always, I think once we quit doing that, it'll sound like we quit doing that. <laughs> and, you know, because there are, there are points I'm like, oh, what, what, what are we going to do? Because you, you hate to be like, oh, we need to do this weird shit. We got to do this just right. for the sake of doing it. Right, right. so forth. That's, and that's totally, that's like a knee-jerk reaction. That's yeah. like, okay, I need to do this because of this. Yeah, yeah. which is, it's not, that just doesn't feel right. And, and it doesn't sound right. And, you know, I, with the last couple of records, we've written pretty quickly because it's all just felt so natural. Right. And we all write, like I've said, we, we all have such a distinct style of guitar writing and 
you know, I think every record and every year, we each, we each of us grow mm-hmm. as musicians and as writers. And, you know, I think it, as long as that still happens, we're always going to push some sort of envelope within ourselves. Right. Just because we're growing personally. Right. You know, because I, I would write something now that I never would have written two years ago. Sure. Just because of things I've experienced or things I've written since then. Right, right. And, and it goes, that goes with Dan, Paul, Blake, and Dusty, you know, right. all of us. So. I think that that in itself will always help us yeah. do new things. And it's just, it's cool too because it's like you you could get in a position where it's like you become complacent and lazy. And yeah. like I mean cause exactly. Just, and and that's and that's the thing that I love about our band is we're the farthest thing from lazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, we put so <laughs> so so much effort into our music. Right. You know, and <clears throat> and with this record, you know. We're, you know, now that we just had to do a concept record, Jesus. Um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> just saying that terrifying. Now that we decided to do a concept record, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I'm no. saying it like that because I've been messing with lyrics for the last month. But, right. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, just like anything, a lot of work pays off. Right, right, right. And and as a musician, as you know, and anybody else that plays music, the biggest reward is that finished product. Of course. You know, it, just sitting in the studio when it's all done and. It's, it's it's you can't duplicate that feeling any other way that I've found. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, not at all. And I don't know. It's yeah. It's just it, I. There are very few bands that I, I'm like, because obviously we know a lot of people that have played music, yeah. and it's like you know you're you're proud of your friends when they are successful oh, and definitely. when they've been able definitely. to like, and it, that every time you guys have taken that next step, it's just been like that's fucking great. Like it's just that. And I think I think everybody that even just like kind of casually knows you guys is like you know that's why you keep adding and you're not like losing from that perspective because people yeah. are pulling for you because they know how you know either seriously take it or just you know how good like as individuals you are like good people and that type of stuff and so it just it, it's it's a genuine feeling that like you know it doesn't really exist with a lot of you know sort of independent ish you know metal bands for lack of a better term yeah, yeah. and so yeah there's just been. It's an interesting juxtaposition I've just watched as you guys have kind of, you know, grown as individuals and stuff. But um, now that I've, like, totally caressed your balls. <laughs> um, the, uh, the one thing I wanted to mention, too, was the uh, – I found it, like, obvi- like when you're doing your solo record, like, the, fir- the very first one. Giles. Was, yes. It, I, it was so unbelievably amazing, the amount of vitriol that people poured over that, just being like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> What is he doing? Like this is fucking terrible. Like uh, it was just still, the, the craziest thing about that whole situation. <laughs> it's such a I don't even know what the hell happened. What like right? I don't even know, man. I don't know what inspired me to write that record. No, I mean it's it's, like, it's a it's a, it's a cat. You know, it's a, it's a I view that it's thing. very tongue in cheek. It's right. very, there's a lot of humor in it. Sure, which I'm you know even now I've never written music like that. <laughs> right, ever. right. I, Music has always been such... It's been the most serious thing ever to me. Right, right. And for some reason, at that small moment, I was like... Sure. Fucking serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An idiot. Right, right. And that's what I did. I was a complete idiot. Yeah. And uh, I wrote a record that just sounded like me being a maniac. Right. It is. It's like a total... Like, it it really just is like a a time capsule or reflection. And yeah, it just... The... (laughs) People that took it... Yeah. People just took that so seriously. And I'm glad that you obviously, like, saw... You know, you saw that, and you're just like, well, whatever. Like, you know, yeah. that, that that was a time, that was a place. Like. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. I, I, can't, I can't say I'm 
Look, looking back, I love that record. Right, you're like, I'm so This is basically... It was a weird experiment. You know, right, right, it, right. You know? <laughs> Some people do it with the heroin, I do it with a record, you know? <laughs> Which is, is less self-destructive, I've heard. Well, that, that could be questionable, yeah, I guess. That, that... But with all that press, that actually was really hard for me. I can, I can totally imagine. Because it's like, you, you know, you're... You put yourself out there as, like, that individual. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, between the bear and me, you know, we, the, the thing is, you know, yeah, we try some new things, but we're a metal band. Yeah. You know, we always will be. We always have been. It's the core of it, And right. so, like, <clears throat> that was so far from anything that people would ever expect. It freaked <laughs> them out, freaked me out, and then their, their harsh word, word, right. words just crushed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... And ever since, probably ever since then, I don't, I, I can't read reviews. I don't know. That was kind of a turning point for you to be like, all right, like this is something I can't delve into. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know if it's because I was mainly raised by women. I, anybody that knows me personally, I'm, a, I'm an emotional guy. I get, yes, I get very, I get upset easily. Right, right, My right. Get hurt. You know? Sure, sure. So metal. But, right. um, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be totally Tommy. <laughs> but yeah, I'm still like that. You know. Yeah. You know, it, it's bad. I'll read. 600, it's the best rapper on the fucking planet. And there's one dude like, right. bullshit, fucking hate it. I want to hear the self-title. I'm like, damn, really? I just like the self-title record. You're like, dude, how long ago? Yeah, it's, but that, that sticks in your head. Oh, that's the one that sticks. Right, right. I hate it. I, you know, it's not like that's how I wanted to be. Right. Oh, I think, yeah. I honestly, I think that's like, that's totally human nature. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure most people like that. I, yeah. I don't know if they all admit it, but. Right, right. You know. <laughs> You know, we can all say, oh, I don't give a fuck, but it's yeah. like... No, you do. It hurts. Yeah. yeah. Any, I mean, it's just like anything. Yeah. If somebody says, dude, your, your fucking hair looks like shit, right. you know? <laughs> I ignore you. Yeah. No? you like, really? Yeah. Well, shit. Maybe I should look in the mirror more often. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's funny. That was kind of a turning point for you. Um, yeah, really was. Yeah. I was, I was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> you're like, take it easy on me, okay? Um, and now, like, now you guys are at a point where... Uh, it's awesome. Like you're able to call your own shots now, in the in yeah. the sense of yeah. like you know the tours that you take. Um, I mean, obviously there is you know a financial demand where it's just like mm-hmm. okay, we need to tour because you know like we're yeah. broke or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you guys have built yourself up to a point where it's just like you know you are a quote unquote commodity, and because you are that, you're able to kind of you know dictate your own future. Yeah. Um, you know, is that? I'm sure it's gratifying in some ways, and is it scary in others? And ah. Uh. I don't think about it. Yeah. Really. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's definitely gratifying. Right. For sure. Um, I don't know. It, it still blows me away that, (laughs) that we, I don't know, that we can travel everywhere we do and there's people that know us and care about us, you know? You you saw the mentality. You you take it it for granted a lot, you know? Sure. You know, I do, you know, I can't say that I don't, but, you know, every once in a while, you, you'll be in some, you know, you'll be in Thailand, you'll be like, holy shit, there's somebody in Thailand that likes your band. Right. You know, that, that's awesome. Right. And you, you still have the mentality where it's like, you, <laughs> you're you driving to the next venue, you're worried, like, is anybody going to be there tonight? Oh, is anybody yeah. going to care I'm about still it? still there every night. Right. Because we've all seen it happen a million <laughs> times, you know, yeah. we've, we've been playing music long enough, you know, we're friends with enough bands that you see that happen. You see bands... That were huge when we first started touring, not in our bands or right. you know, 
you see that fall and, and it's always in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything. It's no, not like, no. I mean, we can, we, we're not going to change our music to affect that. We're not going to change our, right. you know, our touring to uh, affect that. But it's like, you always, especially headline, you, you get scared, man. Right, right. You know? It's because it's not, you know, you have a lot of people's pockets you're affecting. You know, you mm-hmm. don't want to, you know, to this day, I don't want to, I don't want a promoter to lose money. Right. I mean, even if it is a, a you know, if we are doing a live nation show, so I don't want, right? I don't want anybody to lose money from us. I want people to be stoked on us. <laughs> yes, and, exactly. And I want our fans to be stoked because we played well. Right. You know, I want our managers to be stoked because you know they made money. I want us to be stoked because we made money. You know, I want everybody to be happy. Right. Right. I mean, that's my personality. That's a flaw of mine. But you, you are you are a pleaser. <laughs> I am. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. But <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, that, that it's good to have that perspective and obviously try to be you know. Yeah, amenable because otherwise it's yeah you you know you might be left alone with nobody else. So. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, when it all comes down, like, what else do we have? Right. I mean, I, I mean, obviously in our lives we have amazing things, but I'm talking about as far as a job. Oh, of course, right, right. You know, it's like what what would I do? I mean, luckily I know a lot of people, and I could like find something. Right, right. Like, you're like I don't want to think about that right now. Yeah, I don't want to think about that. No, no, for sure, and it, because you you shouldn't like you shouldn't yeah. plan for that because obviously yeah. I mean you, you're realistic, but you're not um, you know damning yourself to it. <laughs> it's exactly. like this is what. I, well, yeah. shit, have we got another year left? Maybe like yeah. another year and a half? Like yeah. I don't know. You don't know. You can't think like that. Yeah. No, especially because you've seen so much happen over yeah. the course of time. Seen it happen. Um, and you know, kind of on the personal tip, like you know, you you have a child. Now. I do. And that how old is? Three weeks. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I For some reason, I thought that it was closer to like two months, but no. And so like that, you know, that I, I presume, was, was that intentional or was that a gift as they call it? A gift. Okay. A which gift. is fine. I yeah. mean, that's, you still have something obviously incredible to show for it. Oh, definitely. Um, so like how, you know, what being the, I mean, obviously I'm a, a newer father, a little older than yours, but yeah. you know, what, what, what has shifted your perspective besides the fact that you obviously, you know, you're running on fumes and you know, like you, you, <laughs> yeah, you're, <laughs> right. Like you're, 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 you're pulled from, you're, you're pulled from one reality and put into a completely different reality, which is, you know, typical for you yeah. know, new parenting. But you know, what, what's kind of like, cause it, from just, I mean, just your, you know, whatever your social networking, you do a very limited amount of social networking yeah, you do, but which is fine. But the, um, you know, you just, you're, you seem to be, um, you know, very genuinely engaged in it as opposed to just, cause I feel like honestly, like without being callous about it, there are people that they feel like they should be having these feelings where it's just like, Oh, like I, I feel like, you know, this, this, this connection or whatever. And yeah. it's like, can you just uh, honestly, like the, the way that I felt where it's like, this dude came into our lives and it's like, you're a fucking stranger. Like, I don't know you yet. Like, they're aliens. Right. <laughs> Essentially, we're just like, you know, like you're insanely demanding. Like I gotta, you know, I have to take care of you 24 seven, which yeah. is obviously what I signed up for. But then it's just like, like, I want to get to know you first before you start demanding all this shit of me. Yeah. But like, I don't know, like what's your, what's been your perspective on the whole fatherhood ish? It's been, I don't know. It's, it's so unlike anything else. Totally. As anybody that has a child knows. Yeah. And I'm, it's still so new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. No, yeah, you can't You can't reflect on it because you're living yeah. it currently. And, I, and I, honestly, I'm, I'm I'm scared to be gone from him. You know, I of love, course. you know, it's, it's it's all scary. You know, our, our lifestyles are... When do, you, when do you actually have plans to leave for a prolonged period of time? Um, July. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right, because you're doing uh, Summer Slaughter. Summer Slaughter, yeah. that's right, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, it's 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 amazing, man. Like I've never, honestly, I've never, I've never liked babies. You know, I've never. Been, you know, <laughs> You're like, I am not gonna seek this yeah. out, right? <laughs> but you know, I, when, when I found out what was going on, you know, I was I was actually in Italy, uh huh, which was cool because because my lady, she she's from Italy, and um, oh wow, got yeah. tied it all back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. But um, yeah, it never it never really scared me, right? Ever. You know, because I. Cause I I think at any, I think about every point in my life, and you know, especially obviously not before like eighteen or seventeen, right? But like, this is the the best time mentally for me, mm-hmm. financially, you know, all, as far as you know, my career, everything, sure. my freedom. Um, I, I couldn't have a better time for this to happen, you right? Know? And, and you know, I've been so excited for it to happen, and now that it's here, it's just. It's, it's awesome. Surreal, it's, it's I'm surreal. sure. Surreal, it really yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, the first the first time you you see the little dude, it's, it's, like, it's so strange, it's so crazy. Man. I know. And I, you know, he was the he's the first baby I've ever picked up. You know. Yeah. You know, oh, that's the. I mean, that's even more. Yeah, and it's just. I don't know. It's yeah. Awesome. Totally. It's yeah. It's it's a pro. It's. I mean, it's a process, like everything leading up to it, and then yeah. like when it actually happens, and then then obviously it's like there there's there's a process after that. Yeah. But it's like. I equate it to where it's just like it's the it's the littlest of moments where you're just like it snaps you back into being like holy fuck this is insane yeah. like well everyone's yeah even I think even last night uh-huh. Jessica and I we were sitting in bed and I was just like there's a little there's yeah. a baby right there <laughs> yeah it's yeah ours. right right we we created this is a part of us like, yeah that thing formed inside of you and somehow yeah. Everything just happened. Right, right. We didn't have to. You just it naturally. You just did it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's insane. It, it totally is. And it's the the one the, the one other thing that I always you know, I've, I've told people that I reflect on as well, where it's just like when you know when your kid grows up a little bit more, and it's like you start to see the world through their eyes, where it's just like you're like, you know what? Like the fucking sky is pretty awesome. Yeah. Wheels on a car are pretty rad. Yeah, they get stuck on everything. And, and yeah, awesome. you just have you, you you have to you know it does it brings you back to a point of where you're just like yeah you should appreciate all of that Definitely. stuff it, and it's just I'm excited because it's a it's a new chapter you know mm-hmm. I, I like I like new I like change you know yeah. I, I like pursuing new things and it's such a it's amazing to think that the rest of my life I'm going to grow with this this guy you know? yeah 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 and and to see that and to help him and to influence him and you know hopefully. You know, have him look at life in a in a positive way, and you know, just right, and be his own person. You know, I'm excited to see. There's so many possibilities. Yeah, you know, there's so many. You know, just like all of us, we totally. have like we were talking about earlier. You know, how you how you grow up and mm. what you turn into. Right. You know, and it's it's. I'm so excited to kind of see what happens with him and sure. you know what he's into. And you know, I, I feel, and I I totally feel you like. And I don't want to force anything. You know? Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. It's like I want him to do his thing. You know, obviously it'd be cool if he's like, oh, I want to do music. But if he doesn't, that's rad. I mean, if he wants to right. be a dancer, that's cool, dude. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yo, I can't help you as much. <laughs> like, well, we can, we can go to classes. Like, yeah. maybe I can learn something too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so, it's such a sure thing. It's the only thing in life that's 100% sure. Unless, obviously, something horrible happens. But, you know, well, yeah, yeah. it's like, the only thing that you know is there. Right, right, right. You know, because the band, you never know. No, right. You know, the, you know, 
my health, I never know. You know, it's like all these things you never know. If you're a friend, you never know how long. Right. This little dude is always going to be your little dude. Right, right. You know? There's Yeah, there's no disconnecting yeah. that. And that's that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, you for know? sure. And I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to, I don't know, I thought I would be scared, but I'm not. That's cool. You know, and it's like, it's just, you have to do a little more planning. Yeah. Just like anything else. Right. I mean, you, you. It's just like taking on more work. Right. It's just a human life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Putting it in that perspective, like, yeah, it's just taking on more work, except you're responsible for keeping this thing alive. Like, <laughs> and luckily, I mean, luckily the mother is amazing. She's a great mom. And you know, that, you know, that's half of the, half of the battle. Of course. You know, you know so as long you have two halves with every, every child. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for hanging out and oh, shooting the shit, and hopefully it was a little more refreshing than, uh, dude, so what's the name of your new record? And, like, tell me, <laughs> how's the concept, and uh, who, who are you recording with? It's like, yeah, you can you can find that on Lamb Goats and Blabbermouth and everything yeah. else. <laughs> well, thank you, Tommy. I thank appreciate you, it. Likewise. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. All right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the back seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hey everyone, this is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Grown Up Stuff. Grown Up Stuff.